I'm Mike Gorman, and you're listening to the Celtics Pod podcast for Celtics Blog. Here's your host, Adam Taylor. Yeah, happy Friday. I love a good Friday. I love a good Friday even more when there's some NBA basketball that actually means something. We're going to be playing against the Milwaukee Bucks a little bit later today. 6.30 p.m. tip, 11.30 p.m. for me. I'm not happy about that, but I'll live with it. I'm kind of happy there's no Bledsoe. Kind of happy there's no Connaughton. They have Middleton, so that probably is like a 1,000 points right there. I'm joined by Mr. Tim Shields and Mr. Wayne Breezy, and we're going to preview what we're hoping to see versus what we're actually expecting to see. There's a big difference there, guys. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty good, man. Hanging in. Doing really good. Very excited for tonight's game. I'm very excited for today, today's game, first day's game. I want to see whether Zion suits up. I want to see Brandon Ingram go up against um, the Utah Jazz. I want to see how Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell mesh together. But that's just me. Let's focus on the Celtics. This is a Celtics <laughs> podcast. I will refrain from any more other NBA discussion. Guys, what are we expecting the starting lineup to be for Boston? I think you're going to see the standard starting five. I would expect... Kemba to start off there you might see a little bit of staggering the minutes with him because of his knee but you're going to see Jalen Brown at the two Jason Tatum at the three Gordon probably will play the four they might interchange him and Tatum because you have seen Tatum play at the four before and you'll see Tice I think they'll have to run with Tice just because right now he's probably your best defensive big to be running out there yeah I got I have the same lineup I have my guys rotated so I have have Hayward at the three and Tatum starting at the four, but it probably depends on how Milwaukee comes out with their lineup too, right? So that that's what we need to figure out. Who is going to be their starting five? Because as you stated at the beginning of the show, you're kind of happy there's no Connington. You're kind of happy there's no Bledsoe. Bledsoe is like a like a muscle hamster, yo. I I hate the way he drives to the basket, but at least we don't have to deal with that. But we will have to worry about uh, George Hill who always gives the Celtics a problem as well all of a sudden. So so that's something to look forward to. Yeah, so I'm kind of concerned about George Hill. I'm, I'm always concerned about a second string guard when they face the Celtics because they seem to find a way to get numbers up. Wesley Matthews concerns me a little bit, not too much. Brooke Lopez worries the life out of me. I'm not even going to lie. Um, I feel like he's going to be... You see, now, when you face a guy like Mark Gasol, who's also a floor-stretching big, you can run him off the line, and he's pretty much ineffective because of his age and his lack of athleticism. If you run Brook Lopez off the line, he's going to either dunk on you or he's just going to pull up and drop a mid-range on your dome. It's very hard to deal with Brook Lopez when you know that there's a dump-off pass to either Giannis or Middleton coming. So I'm expecting it to be George Hill, uh, Wesley Matthews, Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Brook Lopez. That's the five I expect to see roll out at the opening tip. Lopez has been huge for them defensively as well. He's just turned into like a massive defensive cog, which has allowed Giannis to bring his game to another level. As you said with Brooke Lopez, the way he's de- developed that shot, especially when it comes to his three-point shot, I mean, he's brought his game to a completely different level. I mean, a few years ago, he was stuck on that terrible Nets team, and now he's contributing for arguably the best team in the East, if not the league. So, Brooke Lopez is definitely a threat. He's got that size mismatch versus Tice. I mean, the only other guy who's probably got him the same amount of weight is Cantor, and we already have covered Cantor's defensive lapses. So 
Brooke Lopez is definitely going to be a big factor, especially if you're trying to get Giannis going. He pulls a lot of that attention, the pain away from him. Who was your Who was the five that you had starting for the Bucks again? I missed uh, one. George Hill, Wesley Matthews, Chris Middleton, Giannis, and Brooke Lopez. Okay. Because I think I read something and they said Dante DaVinci, DaVinci? I don't know how to say it. DiVincenzo. Yeah, no, DiVincenzo. Uh, they said that he might be filling in at the shooting guard position. So who knows who's going to start? Wesley Matthews is the veteran. Uh, stretch guy can shoot. I think my concerns for the Celtics are how are they going to be able to stop the shooting? Because they have a few guys. They have five guys <laughs> and bench that just come in, that come can come in and just shoot. And that's my concern. Like, how are we going to rotate on defense? How are the Celtics going to be able to, you know, match up against the, the different shooters that they're going to throw at us or present to us? So with Brooke Lopez, Daniel Tice has been almost exclusively guarding him pretty much over the two games this season. Tice has been the dude by an incredibly large margin to line up against Brook Lopez. He's, done, he's guarded Lopez for 40 partial possessions, according to NBA stats, holding him to 50% shooting, eight of, uh, four of eight from the field, one of four from three. If Tice can keep that up, because Tice is the guy that you can kind of push onto the perimeter, that's going to make life a lot easier for Gordon Hayward and Brown and Tatum to worry about Middleton and Giannis. Giannis scares the life out of me. I really don't know how they're going to do it. I've got numbers here of who's been valuable when doing it, which we'll touch on in a moment. But for Middleton, the guys you want to see lining up against him is going to be Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum's lined up against Middleton for 37 possessions this season. Held him to three or six from the field. Middleton still lights it up, though, dude. Three or five from deep. Got to the line once. Tatum got two blocks on him, though. Uh, and he forced two turnovers off him. After that, you're going to see some Hayward on him. You're going to see a little bit of Smart on him. So Middleton just lights up Tatum. From looking at this chart right now, that's I don't want Tatum on Middleton. Pretty much that's what I'm saying to you right now because it's quite bad. I mean, when Tatum's guarding him, the, team, uh, the Bucks are hitting 36 points as a team. Middleton's hitting 11. This is over two games across 37 possessions. How's Gordon defending him? 18 possessions, the team scored 20. Uh, Middleton only scored two, one of three from D. But it's just much smaller sample size. Yeah, that's the, I mean, that's a lot of the problems. I mean, we talked about it before we got into the pod. We were looking at some statistics. But I also am wondering how Jalen Brown comes into that equation because as we've seen, uh, the one win that the Celtics have against the Bucks this year, they've only played them twice. They're one and one. That one win they had, Jalen Brown did not play. And the Celtics also had to come back from like a 20-point deficit yes, at home. Yeah, correct. So I'm interested to see how Jalen Brown comes into that equation. I'm not going to speak on statistics unless Adam has them up. But once again, that's also a really limited sample size because he missed an entire game. So that being said with Jalen Brown, I am hoping, not expecting, but hoping we're going to see some defensive rotations there against Middleton because I just think, Jalen is one of those two-way guys who's able to bring the heat defensively. So you have to have an answer for Middleton. He's one of their best scorers. And, of course, we know Middleton just absolutely goes off against the Celtics. So you really need to shut down shooting. And mainly, in my opinion, I think you need to force Giannis to get all those points. Because what you end up having is Giannis attacking the paint, 
The Celtics defense ends up collapsing with multiple defenders. And if Giannis doesn't get the bucket or get free throws, he's kicking out to the arc and you've got someone like Kyle Korver taking a three or mainly Chris Middleton taking a three. It really does help that they don't have Bledsoe. I will say that now, but Middleton and Giannis are the guys you have to worry about defensively big time. I think we need to figure out what we, or go back and rewatch what we did game one when we beat them. We forced Giannis to, to make every shot. We took away the shooting. The, the way I like to draw up the, the, the Milwaukee Bucks, I, I like to look at them as Giannis is the, the head or the bed of the spider and everybody else are the legs and they do all the, you know, the walking. You, you, you force everything into Giannis. You make him have to shoot, dunk. Now, when you do stuff like that, though, there's going to be Celtic players in foul trouble, right? Because he's going to be going inside a lot. Every mat, every matchup is a mismatch when it comes to Giannis because no one on our team can, you know, match him weight-wise, height-wise, or whatnot. So it's it's going to be a mismatch, strength, anything. It's going to be a mismatch. But you want to force him to maybe shoot. We did force him to shoot before. The Celtics have a formula to beat the Bucks before, and this time they are missing a piece. Now they have added other pieces. You know, they have the Kyle Core. They have some other pieces that they're going to have coming off off the bench but with this starting five you have to figure out how to how to defend Middleton Middleton is the guy that will I want to I, I wish I can find out what of those shots which ones were like regular three-point shots because he hits a lot of threes but some of them are just like that's not going in and it goes in like the, a lot of them are those amazing shots this is not into you know, in defense of Jason Tatum, if he's not defending him well, he's just not defending him well. But sometimes he just hits these crazy miraculous shots and all you can do is just say that boy good. So how do you defend Chris Middleton? I mean, you just keep your hand, you you, you, you play on ball, you, you play him tight, you keep you know hands in his face and you try not to follow him when he shoots because he has that crazy weird height advantage over his jump, you know, when he's shooting over his defenders. I think a lot of it's going to come down to just defense by committee and just sticking to the rotations. One thing we looked at when it comes down to it, I think you're going to be depending on Hayward a lot here. I think Gordon Hayward's going to be a big factor. It's just a matter of we don't have a lot of sample size on him. And I, I think that Hayward's going to be that X factor. You know, in, in that one win against the Bucks, Hayward started off slow, but as soon as he got it going offensively, especially with him and Kemba going hot, that made a big difference. So in my mind, I, I expect a lot from Hayward on both sides of the ball. Adam, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I expect Hayward to be one of the more quietly defensively sound guys on the team during this game. He knows where he needs to be. If you're lining him up on Middleton, I'm going to feel quite comfortable. If you're lining him up on Wesley Matthews, I'm going to feel quite comfortable. If you slot, I don't want to see him slid down to guard either George Hill or DiVincenzo just because I don't, I feel like you're wasting his talents if you slide him that far down. Plus, he's also not the quickest guy and he hasn't got the best lateral quickness to keep up with a guard. Sliding him up is going to be a problem because he hasn't got the speed or athleticism or physicality to hang with Giannis. So, I'm happy to see him on Middleton in spurts. I'd like to see him start off on Matthews and then kind of share the load with Tatum uh, because I feel like Tatum's a better off ball, but Hayward's probably a better on ball defender. So switching those two guys and then Brown, 
I want Brown on to be fair, and this is kind of going against my own point now. I want Brown on Middleton every time Middleton's got the ball in his hands. And then I want you switching Brown onto Giannis every time Giannis gets the ball in. If Giannis drives, fine. Get some guys in front of him. We've got the numbers in front of us that says that Semi Ojale and Marcus Smart are the two guys that have guided Giannis over the last two games that the Celtics have played them the most. Smart forces more turnovers. Semi holds him to better shooting splits. Well, more favorable shooting splits, I should say, for the Celtics. But I would definitely like to see some Jalen Brown Dean up on Giannis when it's on the perimeter. And if Ojale is on the floor, then you have Ojale slide into a helpline somewhere. I wouldn't be shocked to see a little bit of zone. I was going to say, what, what do you think the odds are they play some kind of defensive zones? I mean, you're much more aware of that than I am for sure. I think it's going to be situational. If they think Giannis is beating them too much on the drive and Brook Lopez isn't really a factor from deep at that point in the game, he hasn't, like, he's cold from his jumper outside then they might go a little bit of zone with an Ojale and Smart in the in the lineup. They may even slide Grant in for spot minutes and just play that zone so there's some big bodies that can kind of contest Giannis as he drives. Uh, I'd expect to see a 2-3 or a 2-1-2, two, two, kind of keep that body in the middle and then have two guys on each helpline, high and low, each side, left and right. Whether or not we see that will be very matchup dependent and it will be very much... Are they containing Giannis or are they having to rotate because Giannis and Middleton are hot or Middleton and Lopez are hot? It all depends on the hot hands at the time and how's best to combat them. I think Giannis isn't, I, I, it's, I don't want to say he's not going to be good. I think he's going to struggle early and I think they're going to have to rely on their shooting to keep to, for, the, for the Bucks to get going. I, I know it's hard. I know we don't want to say, oh, Giannis, he's gonna he's gonna get his points, whether with whether it's free throws at the at the rim, but I think that I, I'm telling you, man, this game, this first game of the of the season, I think they go they Brad has the formula to beat the Bucks. We've seen him win before. He's gonna go back, and I'm not just talking about regular season. I'm talking about in playoff game. They're gonna go back. I think they're gonna go rewatch that. Go figure out on that tape what they did. I believe they played some zone in that game because they were forcing Giannis to stay in the middle. The whole game, like he 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 had to take jump shots, and then they went buck wild the rest of the games or whatever happened to the Celtics happened. But they they you know they adjusted. But I think we have what it takes to beat this team. I know they're the, the best rated team in the East. We didn't have Jalen Brown. One of those games we played. And I can't wait to see how he will be a factor in this particular game. I know we, we have Gordon as the X factor. If we're spending Jalen Brown to play defense and be the rotating guy on the defensive end, on the defensive side, I can, I can see him having a pretty decent game. His scoring numbers might not be what they are because he's going to spend a lot of energy defending. But this will allow the other guys to get going. And then I like what you said, Adam, about bringing in Simi bringing in some Grant Williams. These are the bigger bodies that will be able to bang for, for their buck with, when it comes to Giannis. Like, Simi does give him problems. I like that, bang with your buck. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> no pun. I, I like what you're saying as well. The only, the only thing I'd suggest that they, if they were to look at last year, then the onus is going to be very much on Tice and Cantor to try and replicate how they used 
Hawford in that game because Hawford in that playoff game, the first game of last year when uh, Boston destroyed them, was integral to that to that um, defensive scheme. They used Hawford fantastically. They got underneath Giannis in transition, and then Hawford was there to frustrate him at the rim. Yeah. If they can kind of coach Tice into playing a similar system like that and being di- as disciplined as what Hawford was in that game, then I agree. I feel like that's a blueprint that you can use. Another team that showed a blueprint this year was Miami. Miami doubled Giannis on everything with two really long athletic guys. They were throwing Bam, and I think it was Jimmy Butler at him, and they were icing him a lot, even um, off of pick and rolls. And if Giannis was in transition, he would constantly run into these two long athletic wings. The only problem I have with that as a blueprint is if you throw two of your best defensive wings or a big and a wing at Giannis, who you got guarding Middleton? <laughs> he might not go off against Miami, but against Boston, that dude goes off. Uh, I'm not all for, I don't want those double teams. <laughs> I'm worried about them switching on to Kemba because I went back and I rewatched the highlights from the game that we won. And oftentimes Kemba, we get caught up in a screen and just not being able to fight through the pick and his guy would be open at the top of the key. On the flip side of things, Daniel Tice was huge in that game, especially to get Kemba open. Oftentimes, you know, he'd be setting a pickup at the top, which would get Kemba open for a three, or you would see a quick screen and then Tice cutting to the rim. So you're really going to need Kemba to be healthy. I think that's why they ended up resting the entire lineup. I think you need all systems go in order for this to be a good game for the Celtics. I think it's going to come down to Kemba and Hayward being big. And I think Jalen Brown is going to be that factor defensively. As you said, Adam, defensively against Middleton, you're going to want him there. He's the easily, I think he's the most athletic Celtic in terms of defense, just the amount of just sheer power he has. And from what we've seen so far in these scrimmages, he's easily the best Celtic out of the gate so far. He's come back with a vengeance. I don't (laughs) – I, I don't say this lightly, but I don't think we saw that coming in. I think we expected a little bit more rust, but he's come out swinging. I really want to see him get his groove on. And this would be a game to do it. Come right out the gate against the box and just punch them in the teeth. Do it. That's going to hurt. You punch him in the mouth, miss the teeth, but definitely <laughs> give him a slap or something. <laughs> How do you guys feel about seeing – spot minutes from semi Ojale at the same time as Grant and Smart? Do you feel as a second unit? Yes. Yeah. I feel defensively that's going to be a really high-level defensive team. However, the offensive drop-off, depending on who the other two guys on the floor, does worry me. And that's kind of going back to that with the way that the team's constructed you're going to need to put a JB or a JT in with that unit just to keep that firepower there. If you throw JB in with that unit, that defense, that on-board defense is ridiculously good. Yeah, that's four four on-ball defenders that can lock you up like pit bulls. Like, that's serious. I, I, I would be excited to see something like that. But the question is, when we have the ball on offense, who's the go-to? Who, who, how are we going to get these points? Score by default, just move the ball. That was where they had the most success against the Bucs, where they kept that ball moving. And granted, you don't want to pass it too much. You don't want to make one pass too many. But the beauty is with them at full strength right now, and like I, I keep going back to it, they did not have Jalen in that win. That is going to be a big factor here. And I think if you manage to keep the ball moving around against this Bucks team when they're down 
two key guys, that's going to be a big difference maker. They have to keep moving the ball. That's how this system will work on the best offensively. They don't need to channel it through one guy because at any given time, outside of playing maybe Cantor or Rob Williams, pretty much everyone on their team is capable of hitting threes, especially lately. That's why I'm excited to see those improvements from Shemi Ojale, because if you're running him out there in a defensive unit, specifically to stop Giannis, you're not getting a net negative on offense. If he could continue to build off the success he's had, especially what we've seen in the past couple scrimmages, that will make me feel so much better in trying to see what we're going to get from him going against this Milwaukee team. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool seeing him, them in transition with Simi going to one wing and Grant Williams to the other, uh, other wing, and they both in the corners that can shoot corner threes pretty successfully. That would be pretty cool. I feel like if you're running a unit like that as well, that's when you want to put Cantor in there because the one thing that you're going to be missing is defensive rebounding. If you can put Cantor in there with with that amount of on-ball defenders, then for one, you've got that defensive presence on the glass. You might not have it on the perimeter, but you've definitely got it on the glass. And for two, when you're going the other way and you're on offense, with a unit like that that doesn't have more than one, maybe two if smarts on his game, reliable shooters, then Cantor's there to keep possessions alive. I'm actually, I'd be very happy to see um, a short stint of that rotation just to see how they hang against the Bucks, And whether that be against their first unit or second unit, I'm assuming if you see that rotation, that lineup, then that's against a Giannis-led lineup because they're throwing in two of their biggest Giannis stoppers at the same time. I think we need to touch on, and we'll touch on it when we come back from the advertisements, is Kemba Walker operating on a, a slight minutes restriction? How do we feel that's going to affect things? Do we expect to see some more Brad Wanamaker, or is it going to be smart that picks up the extra minutes? How deep are we going to expect these rotations to be? And then just any last thoughts around the Celtics versus Bucks and whether we're looking at this as a barometer. So we will be back very shortly. It's going to be beautiful. Don't you worry. It's Friday. And we will see you in a moment. Yeah, we're back. It's Friday morning. We're talking, or afternoon, depending on when you're tuning in. We're talking about the Celtics versus the Bucks. I'm assuming you didn't tune in halfway through because this is a podcast, not a radio show. If you skipped all the way through to this bit, you missed some great content. So, Carrying on with what we're talking about, Kemba Walker's going to play. Brad Stevens expecting it to be no more than 20 minutes. I'd be a lot more concerned if there was a Eric Bledsoe and Pat Connaughton on that team at that point, and you're taking one of your best scorers off after 20 minutes. I understand why. It's game one of the seedings. How do you feel the rotations are going to be affected there? Are you expecting Smart to pick up the extra minutes? Are you expecting Wanamaker to pick up the extra minutes? Or are they going to share that load? I think it'll be shared. That's my first thought because I don't see them turning to the rookies just yet. They'll give the rookies some run, but we've discussed it before. I just don't think based on what we've seen so far and especially the amount of rest they just gave them, you know, resting those top seven rotation guys, I think they're going to rely heavily on Marcus Smart. I think Marcus Smart's going to eat a bunch of minutes at the one. You might see some Brad Wanamaker depending on who the Bucks have out there but you definitely don't want to be leaving him out there for too long. He's when it comes down to a Brad Wanamaker is just not a guy that you can leave out there for too long. In my opinion, 
I just think he gets attacked way too much defensively and you're, you're much better off serves trying to have a more defensive minded lineup, especially against an offensive juggernaut like the Bucs. It's definitely going to be Marcus Smart heavy. Marcus Smart is the guy that's going to run that second unit and he's going to come out there um, and lead that second unit. Brad does, Brad's going to get his rotations though. So he's going to get his chances. He's going to get his time. Probably maybe what, 15 minutes maybe of rotational time. And then Brad's going to hopefully what, what you want from Brad, he's not going to give you the, the defense that you want, but, but he can possibly give you some good offensive presence, some offensive power. And there's times when he's on one-on-ones, he can get to that basket. He can get to the rim. So you're you're gonna want to you're gonna want to get that from Brad Wanamaker. It's funny calling him Brad and then calling our coach Brad. So I definitely want to make sure you guys know exactly which Brad I'm talking about. So so <laughs> I'm gonna call him Wanamaker. So I can see Wanamaker um, definitely getting his rotational minutes. And this is this is a big game. So so these eight, all eight games are are pretty much they're they're big seeding games, and depending on how Brad wants to fall in the seeding, that's how you're going to see these, these rotations work. Now, we're go- you're, you're going to get some Carson Edwards. You may not get any Trey Mountain Waters. So you're gonna, but I think you're going to get some Carson Edwards. You're going to get some Romeo Langford. You're, you're going to get some of the young guys in there. They won't get heavy minutes. But I think if I had to pick out of which of those guys, which of those rookies or the younger players that you're going to probably see more from against this team, it's probably going to be Romeo Langford. Yeah, I agree. I don't expect to see Carson between now and the end of the playoffs, to be fair. Um, it, we might do. It'll probably be the garbage time or because of a, an injury or a guy sitting out. I don't expect to see Tremont between now and then either, and I definitely don't expect to see Taco between now and then either. Um, Romeo, however, could see some time. I feel like he dropped the ball a little bit in the last game, but as an on-ball defender, he's another plus. He's very... I just don't know if Brad will trust him against the Bucks. I feel like you'll see him through these seeding games, but I think against the Bucks, this is going to be a... I'm going to test my my playoff rotations out against a team that I'm expecting to be facing in the conference finals. And Brad said as much in not so many words in his press conference following the... Um, the last game against Houston. He said that he's looking forward to seeing how the team matches up against Milwaukee. He's looking to see how much further the Celtics need to go to reach that level. And it's going to be a good barometer for the Celtics in terms of where they are and where they need to be. By saying that to me, what that said is, Hey, I'm going in with my playoff rotation and I want to see where we are versus where we need to be at the end of when we get to the conference finals. So I would expect an eight Man rotation, maybe nine just because Kemba's on that minutes restriction. So, hey, you might be right. We might see like 35 seconds of Carson Edwards. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I'd definitely expect an eight or nine-man rotation. I'd expect it to probably be Smart, Jalen, Jason, Hayward, Tice, Kemba. Then it gets a little bit trickier. I'd expect Ojale to be in that rotation for this game. And then probably Canter just for that big body. And then you're going to be, you can choose whoever you want as the next guy to fit in there. I'm, I'd still go Grant Williams over Romeo just because of the defensive IQ. I think that's, that's me totally personally. Fair. No, I, I agree with that. Especially, 
I don't know where his health is at, considering I know he was sick with like some kind of stomach bug. I don't know if that's affected him at all with Romeo's case, but everything we've seen out of Grant, especially in that last game, I mean, almost having a double-double, it's just worth it. It just makes all the sense in the world, right? He contributes on both sides. He makes smart decisions with the ball. As you said, high basketball IQ. And when you're putting him out there, you just need a guy who's going to take care of the basketball and make good decisions. And I really can't think of too many guys that I would put ahead, especially when you look at the bench unit, ahead of Grant Williams in that category. That's a good point. Very good point. So the, the cool thing about this is this is going to be straight up. These eight games, depending on the, the night, these eight games, especially against the tough teams, like Adam said, you're going to see the the Celtics pretty much playoff lineup and rotations, like how they're how they're going to go out there and plan to be when the when the uh, playoffs start. This is what you're going to see. So against um, Milwaukee and any other playoff matchup that we may have, you might not see this lineup against Memphis. You might see guys get that game off, right? You might see guys get different games off depending on the matchups. So. I, I, you know, we don't. I know we we have Indiana coming up, and 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 I would love to see who who's going to be in their lineup. But going forth with this Bucks team, I can't wait to see what nine, ten, I would say nine to eleven guys you're going to see out there, and it's going to be a great game. Like it's going to be a, a firework game. I actually think the, that the Celtics Bucks game is going to be better than the games that are coming on uh, tonight on Thursday night. So. It's going to be a, a, a fireworks show, so you're going to make sure you want to tune into that game because it's going to be crazy. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I'm really hoping for, just because I want an edge-of-my-seat game, is Memphis are 0.5 games. So they're only half a game ahead of whoever's in ninth seed. And then Boston play them and roll out a death liner because they want the better pick because that's got more trade value and it just becomes a war because Memphis are playing for, for them to stay in and Boston are playing to knock. That's what I'm, I'm really hoping that happens just because of the stakes on the line for both teams. Uh, that's like a playoff game within itself. Yeah, no. uh, Adam, because at some point you want your guys to get, get a break. So I'm hoping that Memphis is You just out. have four months, bro. <laughs> How much more of a break do you need? It's a long time, man. Every other night, like like you paid to do it, dude. I understand that, but this is not like play a night, play a back to back, and then travel for three days, and then I mean for a day, and then play the night. Now they're playing like every other night, dude. I just, yeah, but they don't they don't have to go anywhere. You just said it. But half the tire of it is like you're constantly traveling. You know, the, dude. I'm I'm I just finished running, and I don't think I could walk up my steps. Like it, <laughs> it hurts. Like, to be fair, to be fair, I just had leg day yesterday, and it's the first time I've done leg day in like three and a half months, and like I'm hobbling around like an 80 year old man, so I relate to that on a level. Counterpoint, counterpoint. Not one of us are an elite level athlete. That's fair. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe I'm a like elite You're right. player or something. You're right, but I'm just saying, if it if it comes down to that, if the if the, if the Grizzlies are out, out, I don't, you know. Cool, yeah, then you put in your second unit, and I'm cool with that. I've made peace with that. If the, Grizzlies are, if the Grizzlies are fighting to be in, in, yeah. You know what? Why not? Give me a Probably paper. Death lineup. Heck yeah. Go for it, yo. Plus, I want to see our guys ball out anyway and beat the best. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, Memphis aren't the best at the moment, but Jar's one like of them. Him. Exactly. He's got to be rookie of the year, right? 
I won't accept no jar slander. Jar has to be rookie. If it's for Zion as an agenda and I will boycott any rookie of the year discussions next season. Yeah, okay. That is the one fair thing. Well, gentlemen, I don't know how you guys feel, but I want to get a meter stick on this. How do you think this game's going to wrap up? Which game? Celtics game? This game, yes. (laughs) The game we've been talking about. Celtics versus Bucks. What, What are we thinking? Crazy stuff. I need I, I I think the game is I think the game is close and it's gonna be a nail biter. I, I hate it. I hate being on the edge of my seat when, when watching these games, but I think it's gonna be close. It's gonna the score is gonna be something like like one eleven to like one oh eight. My mind's telling me no, but my body's telling me yes. All right. Um, let's go. <laughs> uh my head tells me the Bucks are gonna win by between eight and fourteen. My my heart is telling me the Celtics are going to scrape it on a buzzer beater from Tatum. That's a like very spicy take. I I have to agree with the aspect. I think the Bucks will pull this one out, just because even with the layoff, I think they just have a lot of momentum. And we've seen Giannis. It looks like he's not missed a single step. Uh, just being the supreme athlete that he is, and I think he's just going to be a massive factor here. That being said, I think it'll probably be within 10 points, maybe 12 points. Bucks win. But as you said, Adam, in my heart, I hope the Celtics can script this out. I think either way, it's going to be an entertaining game. And win or lose, I think this is just going to be a good measurement to see where the Celtics are right now and just see where that momentum is. They really do need to have at least a strong game. Even if you lose, as long as it's close, I'll be like, you know what? Okay, this Mm -hmm. is the first game after three and a half, Four months of layoff. You've had a couple scrimmages, but this is a real deal game that actually matters. So, you know what? I, I, I'll take it. Whatever we get, as long as it's a good performance, even if it's a loss, I'll take it. If it's a win, I'm going to be all over Twitter telling everybody that Celtics are the real deal. If oh, it's yeah. A, oh, yeah. <laughs> if it's a loss, then as far as I'm concerned, it's mind games. And the Celtics meant to lose that to lure <laughs> the Bucks into a false sense of security. You. Only you, Adam. It's Listen, true, dude. If the Celtics, if the Celtics are firing on all cylinders, and I mean if their shots are just falling, it's gonna it's gonna be hard to beat the Celtics because that's what they do. Like they they like to get the ball, they spread the ball out, and they just have shooters. A lot of times you see them play games, play games, and their shots just don't fall, especially in the beginning. It's like their their legs aren't there yet and their shots aren't falling and then as the game keeps trickling along that's why if you you said if they can keep the game relatively close and i close in the nba going into a fourth quarter i i think 10 points is relatively okay right because you can go on a run you know what i'm saying and a 10-0 run isn't something out of the box like that's something normal for a basketball team i think if the celtics can get to the fourth quarter with a with with a score that way whether especially trailing Sometimes when you're leading, it, it concerns me because they lose it. But when they're when they're trailing, they have they play with this different type of passion, this comeback basketball that they just love to do and and you know mess with everybody's mind. I think they're going to be okay. I think they can pull it off in a nail biter and a buzzer beater, and you will be at the edge of your seat. And someone and you, Adam, pick Tatum. I'm going. I can't pick Kim because he'll probably be out of the game by then. But um, I don't know. Jalen Brown's hot. Maybe he gets the buzzer beater. But I, I think the game is relatively close. I had a three-point difference in my final score. 
So I kind of see where you're coming from there, and I can completely and utterly get behind that. It's definitely going to be. I feel like Boston will like Boston a better trailing in the fourth than they are leading in the fourth. They kind of get sloppy. The main point I want to kind of leave this on is I do not, under any circumstances, want to return back to the slow starts of February. January, February slow starts were the worst thing in the world. That's a genuine concern of mine. I feel like with that much time off, the cohesion's not there, the fitness isn't there. The Celtics had a way of shooting themselves out of games in the first and second quarter. And Marcus Smart shooting under five attempts a game is key. That's key. He did that in one of the scrimmages, and I was like, this is perfect. He wasn't, he wasn't trying to shoot from beyond the arc. He was getting in close. He was trying to draw contact. That was the game I think he went four for five or five for five. Exactly. And he was getting, he was getting a little assist too, and that's just what he needs to do. He needs to facilitate for other people, keep his shots down. He doesn't need to take threes. He can hit them if he needs them, but the problem is as soon as he hits one, it's like, okay, I'm going to shoot another one and another one. And another one. It's it just heat checks on every possession once he hits his first three. <laughs> There's it's just like, no need. It's like There's a. No need. It's he like can, a. Man, come on! I know y'all don't want to hear that, but what that he can ball, right? No, he can. He can. But statistically speaking, when Smart shooting over eight attempts per game, the Celtics tend to not do too good. If you're playing the numbers game, it's simply because he can get hot for stretches, but when he goes cold, in his mind, he's still hot. You get what I'm saying? He hits three or four, and that's cool, and I'm happy with that. And in his head, he's like, that's it. So then he shoots five, clank. Shoots six, clank. He's like, nah, I hit them two. I'm still hot. I made four earlier. 14 shots later, and he's only made the first four. You're like, what are you doing? And That's the kind of mentality I don't want to see him get into. If you make your first few shots, that's great. Shoot until you miss. I'm cool with that. When you miss, go back to not shooting anymore, and go back to being the... Because when he's... When he's on offensive mode, it takes away from his true skill set, which is locking guys up. I couldn't agree anymore, Adam. I couldn't agree anymore. And I think we'll leave this one here. The game's going to be tomorrow, 6.30 p.m. Eastern, 11.30 p.m. GMT, if you're on the same side of the world as I am. If you are, I hope you like it more than me because I'm very sad about it every day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we will be back on Monday where we will discuss what's happened over the weekend, any news. You know the score by now, guys. Make sure you leave that five-star rating, that written review. Try and be nice. Constructive's fine. Don't mind constructive. The five-star is kind of amazing and non-negotiable at that point. Um, <laughs> say, <laughs> if you tell them to say whatever they want and leave a five-star review, it's going to get interesting. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you say whatever you want as long as it's five stars. And if you're going to come at me personally, I'm English, not British, please. And we will, uh, we will speak to you on Monday, guys. Cheers. Cheers.